Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 892 of the Juicebox Podcast. This episode started so bizarrely that I've chopped off the front of it and put it at the back of the episode so you can hear it. Mary's the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. She came on to tell her story, but somehow <laughs> somehow her uh, scheduled recording slot was while she was on vacation. So she did this from a hotel. And at first she tried to do it from her car and then back into the hotel room, but her kids had to go outside. It's um, comically funny about the interruptions and the noises, but somehow it all goes together in this episode. So I think you'll find it delightful. There are chunks of time when I just cut out noises so you don't have to hear them. I hope this doesn't stop you from listening to it. You really shouldn't. It's it's rather interesting. Anyway, uh, nothing here on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan and becoming bold with insulin. You know that one. If you have type one or you're the caregiver of someone with type one, please complete the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. It helps uh, diabetes research. It helps you. It helps me. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. All right, we're almost up to it. Today's podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. Now, Omnipod makes the Omnipod 5, which is automated, and the Omnipod Dash, which is not. But they're both tubeless and amazing. And you can learn more about them at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll like talk for real. Although I have to imagine a lot of the noise is going to be at the end of the episode for people to listen to, but that's... that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Mary and I live in Savannah, Georgia. I, my son Jackson, who just turned eight, uh, was diagnosed May 5th um, of 2020, 2020 um, with type one. So and he's been, uh, over two years now. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's been, he just had his one year in May. Oh, excuse me. 2021. Okay. So one year. And how old is he yeah. now? He just turned eight. Eight. Jackson, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any any autoimmune issues? No, not that I'm aware of. But what was interesting was my husband um, had been diagnosed type 2 for years, you know, and he'd been on metformin and whatnot. And then um, – I would say maybe about five or six months post Jackson's diagnosis, I was noticing at night that my husband, his name is Keith, mm -hmm. he was like going to the bathroom like ferociously at night, you know, like multiple yeah. times and like, you know, like Niagara Falls. I mean, it was like, there's something going on. Um, so I said to him after about the second night, I'm like, you need to go check your sugar because this is like exactly what we went through with Jackson. And he did, and the it just read high. So did they decide that his medication was wrong, or did he develop type one? He has type one. It was it's the Lada or Lada, however it's pronounced. Um, yeah, he went and he got off the medication, and he's on a pump now. He had all the testing done, everything, and I mean everything just came back. Wow! In that in the type one direction. How long was Keith being treated for type two? Um, let's see. Maybe about six or seven years. Really? Long time. Do they think he had type one the whole time and it was just, it was just Lada and it was just, the onset was very slow. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Do you, I know. Yeah. Do you look back? Did it, did it impact his life? Not knowing it was Lada? Yeah. I mean, well, I look back, I mean, he's always like loved, you know, sugar and, you know, like his, you know, it like his moods and thing, you know, like it looking back, it's like, wow, this makes sense. 
Did you find yourself applying your professional knowledge to his behavior and coming up with the wrong answer, but it looks right? No. No, you didn't do that? Mm-mm. I got you. Um, you know what I mean? Like when you see like like the anger or something like that or like behavior changes because of blood sugars, it's easy to think of them as maybe being something else. So I was just wondering if that ever happened. Um, well, I mean, I never thought about the type two. You know, like I didn't think, I didn't know much. I mean, I knew about type one because my maternal aunt is type one. She developed type one, God, when she was like in her mid to late forties. Oh, okay. And she'll tell you that it's because of her husband and all the stress that he put on her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Because there's no other, at least that we know of autoimmune stuff in our family. So your aunt has type one, your husband has type one and now your son. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, well, how did you notice your son's diagnosis? Like, did it come up on you harshly and did you end up in the hospital or did you figure it out before it happened? No, he, um, he got COVID, um, which, I was not suspecting at all. Like he, he fell asleep on the way home from baseball practice um, one evening and which never happened, you know, just was out of character. And then we got home and he was burning up. He had like 102. Mm -hmm. So I gave him Motrin, you know, he went to bed, woke up in the morning, completely fine. Um, so I was just keeping him out for that day and was ready to send him back. And the school was like, no, we need a COVID test. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. It's not COVID, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, he went in and tested positive for COVID. And then I would say three or so weeks. That was in April. Yeah, it was about two to three weeks that we were noticing um, he was more tired. He didn't look right. You know, his color was off. He was mm-hmm. more pale. And it looked like he was starting to lose weight. And every morning, every single morning, he would wake up wet. I mean, wet to the point where it, it was, like, obviously, there was something wrong. Like, he had never, he doesn't do that, you know. He was six years old at the time. Right, and right. I mean, it was so bad. And every morning it, it just, he was so upset. And, you know, it's funny because just to go off topic for a second, um, looking back, he would wake up some mornings kind of really cranky. You know, he's not a morning person anyway, mm-hmm. but some mornings he'd wake up just really cranky. And I would think to myself, he just needs like some show, like some juice or sugar to pep him up. And he would do that. He'd drink a cup of orange juice every morning and he would be a completely different person, which is so interesting to me. But anyway, so I noticed the, um, you know, the wetting the bed was really concerning and the thirst. And, you know, um, so one of my good friends is um, a pediatrician and, I was like, I'm bringing him in. I want like the glucose tested, you know, you're everything tested and we went in and um th- it was funny because the nurse came in she did the finger poke and she had a lollipop with her and because you know he was going to get a needle right? right so she she took his blood and it just the um the meter just said hi and she's like, well, I guess you're not going to be getting this. And a lovely uh, one. <laughs> and it's like, jeez. Um, okay. Yeah. And, you know, he had high ketones and everything in the urine. So the pediatrician came in, was crying. The pediatrician? So in in, in just a couple of moments, the, the nurse has waved a lollipop in front of your son and then said, no, he can't have it. And then the pediatrician was crying? He was crying, dude. Like, what? I, I mean, look, I come from the Northeast. Like, things are different in the South, I'll tell you. But, like, I just thought that was uh, very, like, inappropriate. Yeah, unprofessional. Not, it's a lot of things, actually. But 
I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like he's a great guy. He's a good doctor. But like I was just very taken aback. So I just was like like he couldn't even get the words out that he had type one. Whereas like I kind of already knew. Mm-hmm. So I just, I remember, like, it was yesterday, I pulled my mask down, I looked him dead in the face, and I'm just like. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle, and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to givoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givoglucagon.com slash risk. My daughter Arden began wearing the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump on February 4th, 2009. That was 5,093 days ago. Or another way to think of it, 1,697 pods ago. At that time, she was four years old. Hang out with me for a moment while I tell you more about the Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Today, Arden is 18 and still wearing Omnipod. Back then, there was one choice, just one pod. But today, you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod 5, the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6? Because if you do, it's available right now for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. The Omnipod 5 is an algorithm-based pump that features smart adjust technology. That means that the Omnipod 5 is adjusting insulin delivery based on your customized target glucose. That's helping you to protect against high and low blood sugars both day and night automatically. Both the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash are waterproof. You can wear them while you're playing sports, swimming, in the shower, the bathtub, anywhere really. That kind of freedom coupled with tubeless, a tubeless pump. You understand it's not connected to anything. The controller is not connected to the pod. The pod is not connected to anything. You're wearing it on the body tubelessly. No tubing to get caught on doorknobs or anywhere else that tubing with those other insulin pumps can get caught. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. That's where you go to find out more. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You should check that out too when you get to my link, omnipod.com forward slash juice box. So if you're looking for an insulin pump that is tubeless, waterproof, and automated, you're looking for the Omnipod 5. If you want to do it on your own and you're not looking for the automation, Omnipod Dash. For full safety, risk information, and free trial terms and conditions, please also visit omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Is this a life-threatening emergency right now? He's like, no, ma'am, it's not. I'm like, do I have time to go home and pack a bag? And he's like, you have about an hour. I'm like, peace. (laughs) See you later, dude. Like, we're out. Did you give him your business card? Were you like, hey, I'm, I'm a psychotherapist and you're not great at this, so you might want to talk to somebody? That was. Yeah. Did, did you ever resolve why he was crying? Well, it's funny because he called the room the next day to check on Jackson. And I was like, he's like, I just, I, I'm just so, so upset about this. And I mean, I was like, look, we're being really positive about this, buddy. You know, this isn't a death sentence. I mean, we're going to, we're going to crush this. We're going to be just fine. You know, like, you know, in my adrenaline driven state, you know, and trying to be super positive in front of Jackson. Right. And I was like, sounds like you got a little upset or looks like you got a little upset over there yesterday. He's like, yeah, I just. Is he a younger person? No, he's older. He's like, I don't know, maybe in his early 50s late hmm. 40s he has three kids three boys interesting Something he's like new. i just i'm not used to delivering bad news <laughs> and i was like you're a freaking doctor he's like i'm a pediatrician i usually just, <laughs> I just, I just i just tell you if they get taller i'm like look at this chart see how they're growing on this thing i gotta go to the next room now see you later the lady will put the kid. yeah i yeah. know it's like two seconds yeah yeah that's that's interesting wow <laughs> 
might not be the, funny? That was definitely not yeah. the right job for him. That's for sure. That's I know. Great. And he wins like best of Savannah every year. <laughs> <laughs> People are probably like, he's so empathetic. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, right? Like it's nice for empathy, but like he, you're looking for somebody to like present a bit of a, like a, I don't know, like a reasonable just comport yourself differently, right? I'm, I don't know what I'm trying yeah, no, to say. Like, you shouldn't be I mean, crying. Totally. I mean, yeah. where I come from, you know, and the way I was e- trained, like, that is ethically inappropriate. And right. also, like, you don't do that in, as a doctor in front of the child. Yeah, right. I mean, all right. Anyway, let's get past that because we're not going to figure that out. But <laughs> I know. So then I, I felt like I had to go into, like, even more, like, superhuman mode to be like, you know, you are going to be just fine. You know, because Jackson was so scared. Yeah. Let's, we both were. Right. Let's forget that the person that you think of as knowing everything came into the room crying, telling you what's wrong with you, because that's just very off. Has Jackson had any, like, repercussions from that, or is it a moment that just got past him pretty easily? Oh, it passed him pretty easily. Good. Well, there's a lot happening the next day, I would imagine. It probably took his mind yeah. off of it. How long were you in the hospital? Um, We were in the hospital uh, three days, two okay. nights. And you leave with technology or no? No. Nothing. Just uh, needles? Just needles. You know, the typical like MO with diabetes. Like here, we're just giving you what you need to stay alive and like go Google everything. Good luck. (laughs) You know? A COVID diagnosis too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So did they limit people in and out of the room or? No, he had been past that two week mark. Okay. So we were all right. But it's funny because the um, the dietitian and all the doctors that, and nurses that were in and out, they all taught us, you know, like everyone says, they teach you to eat and then bolus. And then they were like, there's a new endocrinologist here at the hospital that you're going to see. And, you know, he does things kind of differently. He's going to want you to pre-bolus and um but we're not going to teach you that that way <laughs> so my husband and i were like what the what the freak yeah, sorry yeah, I swear all the time. no it's fine um i was like what the hell i mean okay so you're gonna teach so uh i mean and at that time we were just like i mean that makes sense i mean you don't know how much he's really gonna eat so uh sure but what? And then we didn't see the doctor for like a month. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, right? It, it, you didn't. It's not like you saw the doctor immediately. So they gave yeah, you the old. Yeah, we didn't see him in the hospital. Well, although it is kind of nice of them to say, "Look, we're going to teach you one way, but at some point you're going to go to a doctor and he's going to talk about it differently." Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like looking back, it's weird. It's just weird. It's like, well, I want to know the new stuff. Like if it's new. There's like a new method to do it that's like helpful or whatever. Like I want to know yeah, all let's of. Hear that. about that, right? So, um, so in your note to me, you talk about um, mental health stuff, caregiver burnout, um, and a couple of other things that we're going to go through. So I'm going to start with you. I mean, this has been a year or so. Do you? Oh my god! Yeah. Do you feel burned out already? I did. You did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I. Um. I'm like the person I'm, I'm, I'm in there, like in a crisis. Awesome. I'm there. I'm positive. I'm crushing it. But then I have, you know, um, a downtime after that, that is exhausting because I've just given more than I should, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely, ex- I wouldn't say I got to the point of burnout, but I was very close to it for sure. And, you know, issues and my husband was diagnosed and I have a four-year-old, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it, it, it's, it hasn't been until like recently really that I feel confident, comfortable and like centered in like my role here in my, my family. I mean, it's, it's just been the biggest upheaval ever. Right. Does it just feel like there's not enough time in the day and then you don't have the energy and you sort of like create that kind of fake energy to handle the thing and then you crash afterwards? 
Yeah. And then there's like a checkout period, you know, like, uh, I can't even think about like how many carbs are in this or I can't even like, m- like have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. I think I understand. Um, and that lasted for how long? Um, I would say maybe like five months. About five months. How how was that at the beginning, or did it wait a little and then hit you? No, it it um, it was it definitely wasn't at the beginning because I was in like rock star mode, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably a few months after that. Okay, and when he was diagnosed, you had your your second was like three years old at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And you're working full time? No, I had just started going back like one day a week. I had been a stay at home mom for seven years. Okay. And I had just started to go back, like just just like getting my feet wet again mm-hmm. because the kids were getting older. You know, they were going to be at school full time. And like, I just, I couldn't be as, at home anymore, you right. know? Oh, so, um, you, so you were just kind of embarking back on working when this yeah. happened. Did you, were you able to keep that going during the diagnosis? No. no. Nope. You're like, I'm back. I'm gone. Goodbye. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out, guys. I'm out. I can't, you know. Um, but, but you're back now or no? Yeah. You are. So okay. I'm back now. I'm almost, uh, let's see. I, I do about 25 hours a week now. Okay. And what's your training in? Um, I have my master's um, in counseling psychology, and I also have a degree in um, addiction counseling. Okay. How does, and I'm licensed. Does that help you in your personal stuff? or You know, to be honest with you, no. It never really did until, like, lately. Mm-hmm. You know, now I – I don't know. I It's just uh, – I don't know. I guess I just got more mature <laughs> after all this. How do you, you know mean? what I'm saying? How do you mean? Like, um, oh, I don't know. Just being more like responsible with myself, and um, I guess, yeah, just like being more honest with myself about what I want and uh, what makes me happy and what doesn't. You know. It's interesting, isn't it? You can have a, a profession and still it's hard to apply the things in your own life. Oh, absolutely. A lot yeah. of therapists are crazy, by the way. <laughs> sorry, this, all is, you people out there. Like, <laughs> sorry. Is this a coming but, out for you or what are we? What are, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, there's there's truth to it for sure. Gotcha. So, it, so you kind of get drawn to the profession hoping to help yourself and then other people 100% at that back at that time Ooh, you broke up mary are you there mary what oh you just broke up for a second back at that time and then you disappeared yeah no that's what it just back at that time absolutely okay. um i mean i was in my 20s wild and crazy you know so <laughs> But it turns out I really like it, and I'm actually pretty good at it. So uh, <laughs> I like I in, real thoroughly enjoy my work. You should leave yourself a Yelp review that says I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so when, I mean, do you have, do you have mental health issues at this moment with, as as applies to diabetes? Are you seeing stuff with your kid, or? No, are you guys doing okay? No, we're doing okay. I guess my only concern with with Jackson is he's he's always been like an old soul. You know? Mm-hmm. He's a sensitive child, he's very intuitive. He's he gets along with everybody. He you know, he's just a he's a wonderful child. Um and I I worry sometimes that he takes it to like the next level that he doesn't need to. Whereas like he's almost putting himself in this adult position. Um, Okay. And I, I have to remind him a lot that um, this isn't your responsibility. 
this is for me to me to deal with. Like with Luke, Luke is my other one. He's a maniac, hilarious. He's just all over the place. And like Jackson gets very anxious at times if Luke isn't close by, you know, if we're out and about somewhere or if I'm not holding Luke's hand. I, I just notice that Jackson is, it makes him nervous. Is that always or prior or just since diabetes? Since diabetes. Okay. So he, he worries about everybody? Do yes. You, do you have any anxiety? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it's certainly gotten better than what how I used to be. I uh, mean, I had a lot of like postpartum anxiety. That's when it was really bad for me after both my pregnancies. Okay. Um, but it's it settled down quite a bit. Did it happen naturally or did you do something to impact it? What? Your anxiety. Like did you Did my anxi- did you anxiety take, happen naturally? No, no, did it has it been resolving naturally or have you been taking steps to do something for it? Oh, um yeah, I mean, I when I was like after I had my kids, I went on medication. And I have medication as like, um, like as needed now, if, you know, anything ever occurs, which it doesn't, but, um, yeah. And just getting back into, you know, healthier things that work, like going to therapy, going, you know, going for walks, spending more quality time with my loved ones, you know, I understand. I do actually. Um, how do you, so in your job, let's get away from you for a second. In your job, if someone comes to you and says, I feel, I think I feel depressed. Um, how do you go about, like, what are the steps you take to figure out the level of their depression or if they actually are depressed? Um, well, I'd ask how long it was going on. Um, and what if, you know, so you, if you're feeling depressed, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do, like, what are you experiencing? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for, um, you know, loss of interest in things, change in appetite, uh, change in um, sleep, things like that, and uh, go from there. If do See all if anything has like started or triggered it, you know? Uh-huh. Do all of those things need to exist? Loss of appetite, lo- lack of interest in things that you were once interested in, like sleep etc do they all have to exist or could you just have uh bad sleep or just not want to eat like etc like what makes you think oh this person is depressed yeah well those are those are the main um symptoms of a depressive episode and there's periods of time that are that like coincide with those symptoms so if you've have that you know the like say three out of the four symptoms for a period of two weeks, you know, then it might be like a, a, um, like a dysthymia or, you know, but if it's like 30 days, then you're probably in a major depressive episode. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm right on the timing. I'd have to go back to my DSM, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. How, how many people do you think experience this and don't realize it? And it's never an issue for them afterwards, or does it persist no matter what? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, there's so many variables to it. You know, like real clinical depression, I think that people know and, um, you know, I mean, some people just think or can can live, I guess, and function and like, a, you know, with the mood shifts mm-hmm. and it's, it's just normal for them and they think that that's fine. And if that's how they choose or don't, whatever, I mean, that's their choice. Okay. So, so sometimes, so some people have it happen to them and they can function with it and then it passes. And then there are some people who fall deeper into it or Um, can't break free of it, or I'm not sure how to put it. Actually, I'm not, that's why I'm asking. You know, it, if left untreated, yeah, I mean, it could, um, 
it could go both ways. I mean, it could get worse or it could just pass like a, a major depressive episode without treatment. I mean, I don't, I don't know if someone really just comes right out of that. Right. And so it just, it just kind of snowballs at that point. Yeah. Or it'll, you know, like lessen in intensity. And treatment can look like talk therapy. Um, I don't know what, what else would you like? What, what, if you thought somebody was, I don't know how they rank depression, but I think I've heard the words mild depression. So if you felt like somebody had mild depression, would you, um, I don't know, like where do they start? Um, I would definitely start with, um, talk therapy Mm -hmm. and do like education with the patient about it. And, um, to really get a grasp and see, I want to look at family dynamics growing up. If there's been any like significant traumas um, and traumas can be big or small. Uh, and if there is an improvement with talk therapy, I'd refer for medication for a medication evaluation okay. um, to start to feel better. I see. Are there people who take the medication for a time and then stop or do they st- do they often have to stay with it? I mean, you know, there's there was just an article that came out recently about the use of SSRIs and how they're really not that effective. I mean, a lot of people are on them for years mm-hmm. and years and years and have like, you know, some people have had complete life changes and it's been wonderful, you know, and that's good for them. Some people go on and off. It really, it really depends. But overall, I would say people, I mean, everyone is so different. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, okay. So this has all happened to you, right? The, the kids diagnosed, you've gone through what you've gone through. All of a sudden your husband's type two turns out is Lada. Um, how have you and your husband been handling it? between the two of you is have you had problems or oh god (laughs) yeah i mean um yeah i um it's just it's just sad um we are we've decided to separate you know to to get divorced oh i'm sorry i didn't know no it's okay it's actually you know um it's, it's not a bad thing. You know, I guess I'm trying to like change the script of like divorce being horrible and awful. Um, we've really like grown apart. We have very different like beliefs on just a lot of, a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there were some issues prior to diagnosis and then diagnosis happened and, it just brought us like further apart, you know, because we were like working on our marriage, you know, we're trying date nights and we were in couples counseling and, and, and then once Jackson was diagnosed, like I just struggled so much with leaving him with like a babysitter. Um, and my, just my, a whole focus was on him and like learning diabetes and sure. making him, you know, and also like being a certain way with him that this is a big deal, but you're still a kid, dude. So like you're going to eat that cake at the birthday party and we're, we're, we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm not super strict with Jackson like that. Um, And over time, obviously I've learned, you know, better ways to manage it. And I just took it all on. And in that Keith and I just, we just got further and further apart. Mm. It was tough to concentrate on more than one thing at a time. That was difficult. Yeah. I mean, and I have another child that like, was also there. My kids are my world, you know, like I, it, it, it was just all about 
this, we have to like adjust to this now. And like, I wanted everyone, I wanted to like keep a sense of normalcy in the house. You know, we're like, it's just, you know, like with, with Luke, like, no, it's okay. We just have to, you know, Jackson just getting his shot or like if his alarm would go off, Luke would be like, Jackson, you're sugar, you know, like, and it, it's just okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what am I trying to say? Like, I didn't want it to be this huge catastrophic thing that's happening in our family. I just like, well, we have di- like diabetes is in our family now. And like, this is how we deal with it. You were trying to downplay it. Just kind of, yeah. yeah, just kind of minimize its impact on everybody and like normalize it in a sense Mm -hmm. okay so while that's all happening so i don't know the i obviously don't know the elements of your marital strife prior to this but this was not something that he could have continued to do while you were doing that thing you guys just sort of drifted was he not part of the diabetes um learning he was. And the one of our strengths is when like we're there's a crisis, we work well together. You know, I'm more of like a feelings person and like I just have this intuition and whatever. Mary, I lost you again. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I lost you again. Intuition. And then you you blanked out for a second. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I have this intuition and whatnot. And, and he's more like what what are the facts? What could go wrong? You know, more from that type of standpoint. Mm -hmm. And when working together, that can really be a strength. You know, we've been able to overcome a lot of things that way. Right. Same with diabetes. By the way, I finally got him to listen to Juicebox because I was like, this you know, I need help understanding and conceptualizing this because it's just hard for me the way my brain works, you know? Right. So with two heads together, you know, we were able, like, to both understand it. Gotcha. Oh, so together you kind of picked through it and figured out the diabetes stuff. Yeah. That's great. And it helped him. I would imagine it probably helps him day to day with what he's doing now. Yes, it does. Good. Um, All right. Well, I'm so sorry that that's happening for you. Do you think it's it's a it's a definite thing? Yeah, I do, and I I don't like I said I I don't want um, uh, Keith and I at the end of the day we still like really like each other and we really care about each other. We're just like not good good together anymore, okay. and it's it's not like a bad thing. Um, I don't know how to really describe it without being like. Dis- no. like descriptive and I don't really want thousands no, that's of people fine. to I understand. know my business. You should definitely but say like, as, as little or as much as you want. That's fine. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, we're just saying like we're getting unmarried, you know, like we have, we have a great relationship. We, we work better together like this. How, how do you, I'm sorry. Then like being in, rather than like in a marriage, there's just a lot of, for some reason, it just doesn't work as well as it does on a friendship level, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Uh, how do you imagine it working going forward? Will you live nearby each other or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the kids will go back and forth? Yep, they'll go back and forth. Okay. That all. I'm just trying to figure out how. And, so, and he understands as much about the diabetes as you do, and you guys work well together with it, so you don't think that'll be too much trouble with your son. I don't, although we did start the Omnipod 5, and he hasn't really, like, dove into that yet. Um, So, but, like, I don't have any doubt that, like, he'll he'll understand it and, you know, Mm -hmm. figure it out, if not better than what I've done so far. You know, like, we're good like that. Gotcha. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, this is a bummer, but okay, Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Congratulations are in order. We're, it's it's good. It's good. I'll send a I'll send a gift. <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, like, yeah, a housewarming gift. I mean, I already bought him a housewarming gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Um, okay. So, how do you find managing? Jackson's diabetes. Are you having the outcomes you're looking for? Are things going the way you expect? Or are you still working on it? 
I mean, it's always a work in progress. He's growing like a freaking weed. So there's a lot of that school, um, you know, a lot of adjusting during uh, school because they won't pre-bolus. They're not comfortable doing that, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. You know, like they obviously have other kids they have to, um, you know, manage during the day. So, um, are, are they not like, comfortable or they, or they don't want to be stuck to the timing of it? I think it's both. Okay. Cause again, they're coming from like, get the pre-meal sugar, mm-hmm. see what he eats and calculate after. Okay. Pre-meal sugar. Oh, that's how they're doing it. He's not even, yep. it's not like he's getting the insulin and then eating. He's eating before the insulin. He is, but the, so last year he had PE before lunch. Mm-hmm. So what was happening was after PE, he, I mean, he'd drop and then he'd eat. So it was like a really fine line of the insulin to give. Cause he would still be like coming down so, I mean, it, it just – it took a while to kind of figure out what to do. I mean, if he was at, like, a certain number before gym, I'd I'd give him a little bump, you know, have him, like, eat a couple Skittles or have, like, an honest juice, which is, like, eight carbs or something, you know? Right. Just to bump him up because I knew he was going to burn it right off I and see. hold him steady through gym. Hmm. And that was working? That worked, yeah. What, what are your and- blood sugar goals? I mean, it worked until it didn't, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blood sugar goals. I mean, I have my target, my range, 70 to 150. Mm -hmm. Are you making that most of the time? Um, On the the five, I'm hitting it way better. Um, On the dash, mm, I mean- not as much. Right. Um, do you have stability or is there a lot of up and down? It, you know, Scott, it really varies. Um, there, I mean, there's some days, even weeks that he's super steady and great. And then there's other times where, it, I mean, we're just on this roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Do, and do you pre-bolus at home for meals? Yeah. And you see a better outcome then? Yeah. Then at school. Okay. I wonder if he has a lot of activity at school, if that isn't helping him a little bit with the not pre-bolusing. Yeah. I mean, he is, you know, he is very active. Yeah. Because I I mean, like, I mean, mac and cheese. Well, you know, he eats, if he eats mac and cheese. Now, I don't even pre-bolus for mac and cheese. He could eat a huge bowl and his sugar doesn't move. Until like an hour later. Right. But when it starts to digest. Yeah. Yeah, then he has it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering how, um, I mean, what, what do spikes look like at school when they're like literally bolusing after meals? Like to me, that seems like a 250 blood sugar, not bolusing till after a meal. Oh, yeah. He'll, I mean, he, or higher. Is there no way to get them to bolus for half of it before he eats and then reassess? That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a way to do that. But because it's it's not, I mean, them saying we're not comfortable with it, uh, it seems sort of like bull to me. Like, like you're going to drive the kid's blood sugar up every day, and then we're just going to manage it down again? Like, every day? Yeah, and some days he'll, he would tank. After they corrected. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. That sucks. Uh, you're yeah. using you're using a CGM, yeah. Um, and so you're able to see it during the day too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I would, I don't know. I'm not telling you what I mean, to what do. do, you but do I, you I, know? I would I mean, I'd really pressure them to do it differently. I would just say, look, you're 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 creating an unhealthy situation for my son every day by doing it like this. So I mean, even if he's on a, I mean, he's on an algorithm now. Like you're yeah. you're also screwing with the algorithm, like it, because he, you're putting in food and not telling the algorithm that the food's there. 
So right. it doesn't know what to think because it just thinks that his blood sugar shoots up randomly. And then wait, and then are they, oh, wait a minute. So you're bolus, not bolusing when he eats. He's going up 200, 250, and then they're putting in the carbs. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's going to get low later because the, the algorithm thinks the carbs went in when you told it not an hour or 45 minutes prior. So, yeah. So it's bol- so the algorithm's going after the rise. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it sees a ri- it sees a rise happen. It doesn't know why because you haven't told it there's carbs there. So it starts right. to jack up it and push at the rise trying to stop it thinking at first, oh it's just a small bump, I'm going to come after it. And then as the rise gets more aggressive, then the algorithm gets more aggressive. And now it's been aggressive for the entire time he's eating. And then you tell it he's got carbs now. So you have insulin on board that it believes is for a a rise that has nothing to do with carbs. And then it attacks the carbs that you put in. And that's why you're getting the low later. You have to tell it when you eat what you're eating. Yeah. Well, this was last year on the dash. So he he wasn't getting an algorithm bump from from that, at least. Okay. No, he was on the dash. So the insulin would go in like as he was spiking up from lunch. And then we'd have to wait an hour before it started coming down. Yeah. Well, when he goes back. This year coming up, he's he's on the algorithm now. So this year coming up, like, you know, we have a meeting with the nurses um when i get back from connecticut and i have to figure out like how because we have to do it differently yeah you have to impress upon them that this is not how this works and because it will it will confuse the hell out of the algorithm if you bolus 45 minutes after eats and tell it that's when the food's going in that that'll really be a mess honestly yeah yeah, i mean so what is it so is it just the pre-bolus then like Right before he eats, someone's going to have to go to him, or they were just walking him to the nurse last year. How old is he? Seven? He's eight. eight. He's eight. Do you think you guys could do it through text? Like you and he? Maybe. We've been working on that. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't always remember to check his phone. Yeah. Oh, no, you probably would have to text him. (laughs) But, um, But I'm saying, like, you know, if you had a certain time of day, even if a timer went off on his phone, and he was like, okay, it's time to text my mom. I text her, hey, we're getting ready to go to lunch. Um, and you say, that's fine. You look at his blood sugar and tell him to bolus a certain amount. And he walks right to lunch with everybody else and starts to eat. Yeah. You know, that's how Arden did it forever. She would bolus in the classroom before lunch. She would? Yeah. And we would do it by text. She never saw the nurse. Yeah. I mean, it's such a disruption for him. Um, Going what, to the nurse? How old was she when she started texting with you? Third grade. Third grade. He's going into second, but it's same age. Oh, okay. Oh, he's older than I thought for that. Or am I? Yeah, we, he one? stayed. He was held back a year. Gotcha. In his young, the younger grades. So, I mean, if it's something, I mean, I don't know if the grade matters. I, I, we started doing it when I thought of it. You know, like I didn't I didn't have a podcast to listen to. So like I had to figure it out first. So I figured out what to do when I figured it out. I figured it out in the summertime between second and third grade. And so we put it into practice starting in third grade. Arden hasn't been to the nurse for a diabetes thing since the last day of second grade. Yeah. Yeah. So but we did it all through texting. But I don't know how I don't I don't see why this I don't see why this wouldn't be okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess um, I like the idea of setting an alarm for him because then he'll, that's a um, a good intervention for him to, like a reminder. Yeah, that's what he, I did. He would forget. I just, yeah. he, there was an alarm on her phone that it went off. It would, it would go off. She'd text me and say, hey, what's up? And then we would do lunch. Um, back then, Dexcom did not. Jeez, hold on. When was that? 2000? I don't remember. There might not have been a Dexcom back then. Sorry. Is there a fire in the hotel? No. 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 There, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if we had a Dexcom in the very beginning. So she would probably, uh, she would test her blood sugar, tell me what her blood sugar was, then we would bolus. And then in ensuing years, she'd tell me what the CGM said. 
because I couldn't see it. There was no share. And then, um, and then, you know, as the technology improved and sharing came into, into being. Did they, um, oh, all right. So that they didn't have sharing back. Follow Jackson's number. Yeah. For, for years we didn't have it. Do you know what that beeping is? Do you hear that? What? The loud bell. Yeah, it's my text. Um, it's my work texting. Oh, okay. But... Can you mute it? <laughs> it's overwhelming yeah. you when you're talking. That's all. Yeah, it should stop now. Okay, that's fine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Scott. Hold oh, on. I'm so annoying. Um, I think my phone might Okay. Hold on a second here. Later, when I'm editing this, I'm going to count the bells, and that's going to be the name of the episode, like six bells or seven yes. bells or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so I'm on this work text, and it's like 18 people are on the text. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, the drug reps that come in every day, almost every day, and bring lunch. So it's, like, lunchtime, and they're <laughs> like, well, who's bringing in lunch today? What restaurant is it from? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Um Okay. Yeah. No. So I'm sorry to go back. Yeah. The Dexcom share didn't always exist. So share and follow didn't always exist. There was a time where Arden had a Dexcom and she's the only one that could see it. She had a receiver. It wasn't on her phone. And uh, she used to wear it in this little pack around her waist. And it would, um, you know, she could see her blood sugar on it. And then she'd text me and tell me what it was. And then we would do that. Prior to that, she tested her blood sugar. She'd text me the number. And then we would uh, bolus off of that. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna work on that with Jackson. I think that he'll. I think he's totally capable of doing it. Yeah, you can he practice just needs at that, home. Like extra reminder. Yeah. yeah, you can just practice at home, right? You can. Um, you can just do meals from the other room. Say, look, we're gonna we're gonna bullish your meal today, but we're gonna do it over text instead of standing next to each other. We're practicing for school, and yeah, then, you know, it's a viable way and then and then you're there once you're done you can go check and make sure everything happened the way you expect it but if you're using dexcom and you can see his number on your phone then you can you know that that's a step you don't have to worry about him getting the number wrong because you can right. see it too so i don't know i i would try something i i don't know i just i'm not comfortable it's he's not my kid and i'm not comfortable with what you told me it makes me upset for him so yeah, I mean, it was a shit show last year mm-hmm. with the, like the ups and downs and the lows. And the, I mean, it, we never knew what we were going to get every day. Yeah, it's just, it's not fair to him either. He feels terrible and, um, you know, it's all over the place. So, plus, you don't, he's not getting to be who he is because he's having these, you know, these bouncing around blood sugars are affecting, you know, his, his temperament, I would imagine, and everything else. Yeah. Are they back? Yeah, they're back. That's okay. Well, we, we can wrap up if they're back. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted um, to? Uh, Jackson, come say hi. Hi. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, Jackson, what's up, man? How was how was Wiffle Ball? Good. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Are you how how long? Loosh. How long have you had the Omnipod Five? Uh, about um, a month or so. Yeah, about a month. Are you liking it? Yes. Cool. That's very cool. I was talking to your mom about ways that you might be able to uh, to use it at school this year. So hopefully some of that will work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. How's your vacation going? You uh, seeing your grandparents? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's very nice. And your uncle's there too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was nice to meet you, Jackson. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling him about um, your whole story, buddy. I know yuck. most of it now. <laughs> Did you say yuck? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back well, to the Switch. Yeah. Minecraft. Minecraft? Oh, we like yeah. that? Yeah. That's, uh, it's interesting because the way you described him, Minecraft fits a little bit. Yeah, everything is square. Everything mm. <laughs> is square. See? Yeah, yeah. He likes that. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It really is. Um. Cool. All right. Well, Mary, this will be too much noise for a podcast. So let's say goodbye. But um, right. but I really appreciate you doing this. I thought it was terrific. And and you obviously shared a lot of stuff and uh, with everybody, which will help everybody. 
And uh, I know I'm so, I feel like it was horrible and like I was all over the place and I'm sorry. Is that how you feel? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. I don't know why. I I asked the questions. I, I, I don't think you were all over the place. I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like it wasn't my best. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's going to sound so weird, but anyways. All right. Well, Mary, uh, then maybe I'll just name the episode something like bum fuzzled or something like that. And, uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Too much noise. Yeah. They don't come out for like six months. So I'll go back and edit it and I'll figure out what's there and. That's how we'll go. All right. All right. I really do appreciate right. you doing yeah. this and taking time out of your vacation. It was really nice. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Seriously, the best of luck to you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that. G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank Omnipod. They are longtime sponsors of the podcast. I can't thank them enough for being with me since the very first year, 2015. I just want to remind you to go to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box to support them as they support the podcast. And I mean, all that means is if you're looking for an Omnipod 5 or an Omnipod Dash, use my link. As promised, I will put the very noisy couple of minutes that Mary and I spent as I think she was in her car um, at the end here. If you want to hear it, it's kind of funny. Uh, What else? Uh, Thanks for listening. I appreciate that very much. Please tell other people if you uh, like the podcast and think they would like it as well. And don't forget to find the private Facebook group. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, terrific group coming up on 40,000 members. Absolutely a great place to find your community. Okay, how's that? Hold on. I'm not sure if it's... There's still a noise, so I'm trying to figure out if it's the air conditioner winding down or if it's just something different. Um, I can always go to another spot. I don't know. Is there noise outside of the car? Not really. I mean, there's like cars going by, but it's not. Oh, um, no, this is pretty consistent. I wish you could hear this, but you can't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what to say that it is. The first thing All right, hold on. Yeah. I can just kick my kids out. <laughs> <laughs> hold on a second. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. You're fine. Yeah, Mary, it was the traffic, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. I'm moving. Because once you, um, once you got out of the car, it got louder. Can you guys go play some wiffle ball? I can't. There's like a bad background noise out there. Thanks. How did you get to them so quickly? (laughs) No, not yet, Lou. Go play some wiffle ball with Uncle Nat. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. The bat's next to the bed over there. Scott. Yeah, no problem. I'm waiting to see what happens when you close the door. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, is, how's that? <laughs> Terrible? Uh, no, I just wish you could have heard it the whole time. <laughs> um, it was just so funny. Like, it, it literally just sounded like jet planes were flying past you. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. That was the cars, I assume. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once you opened the door to the um to the car to your car, I could tell that your car was keeping out a lot of the noise, but just not enough of it. So yeah, I have a pretty loud loud car. Do you? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those cars you get up on the highway and you're like, I'm just going to turn the the radio up and we'll all talk when we get there. Yeah, totally. You're like, get out of my way, dudes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, no, so this sounds good. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, I appreciate it. Sorry about that. Although you no. ki- your kids sound young enough that you were able to relocate them without any argument. They were just like, we're going outside now? Okay. <laughs> Dude, I know. I've had like a plan B because I was like, I'm going to like do this in my car. And my brother's here watching them. And I'm like, I had like the wiffle ball bat and the ball ready. And I was like, you know, there's a lawn right up there. You guys can just go and. <laughs> well, that's nice. Well, that's right. So you're on vacation? Yeah, I'm um, originally from Connecticut. Like the, um, I'm, I grew up in Trumbull, Connecticut, and my parents are still here. And one of my brothers is still here. So um, every summer I, you know, put my two kids in the car and we drive up and spend about a week or two up here and get away from that Savannah summer heat. I was going to so. say to, to uh, escape the heat in Georgia, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, in the winter up here, you're, you're like, you know, you get a blizzard or you can't, it's just so cold. You can't go out. Mm-hmm. Well, in the summer in Savannah, it's just so hot, you yeah. know? Well, I'm looking at our calendar right now. I, I call this my sadness countdown. And um, Arden is leaving for Savannah on the 6th. So yeah. one, two, three, four, four and a half weeks from now. Is it going to be super hot still by then? It is. 